Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about the high-maintenance executive. Melissa got stuff done. No one disputed that. She'd risen through the ranks by shouldering enormous amounts of work without complaint. Now a vice president for many years, she seemed to have stalled. Well, I know they're happy with my work, she told me when we discussed her goals for the coaching. They keep giving me bigger and bigger projects. I've been doing the work of a senior vice president for a while now, but I can't seem to get the title. I set about collecting feedback from Melissa, and I heard almost immediately that people experienced her as high maintenance. Thinking about my own limited time with Melissa, no alarm bells went off around the words high maintenance at first, and then I remembered my initial time in her office. I'd placed myself in front of a chair that seemed positioned for visitors. Very politely and with genuine warmth, Melissa asked if I minded if she take that chair. Naturally, I said, sure, and I hadn't thought about it for another second, until right then. Had that been a high-maintenance moment? It didn't really feel like it, but I wondered if maybe it was the tip of an iceberg. I assembled Melissa's feedback report. Needless to say, the words high-maintenance showed up frequently. "'Wait a second, Tom,' she said when she read the feedback. I know executives who are high-maintenance, and I am not one of them. I'm afraid it's been decided that you are, I said. With grudging acceptance, she said, Then help me understand it. Can you give me an example? I told her I had heard many examples. I had heard she had strong preferences about how meetings were run when she was in attendance, and that she had strong preferences about how she wanted to be summoned out of a meeting and about the template she wanted everyone to use when they presented information to her. She laughed. I really pissed people off with that template thing, didn't I? But it's been a huge help for all of us. I, I don't get why that's high maintenance. And so Melissa and I began a long conversation over time about behaviors that get people labeled high maintenance. Here are four. One day, I told her about Letitia. Letitia believed that every time she asked a question, scrutinized a scenario, or re-examined a decision that had been made, she was adding value. Letitia didn't mind that people called her the resident skeptic. When people said to her that she was like an interrogator on steroids, her comeback was, well, I'm just trying to make the work better. Uh-oh, said Melissa. That sounds familiar. I know I've said that. Being a skeptic doesn't make her high-maintenance, does it? No, I agreed. It doesn't. What made her high-maintenance was that she justified her behavior and ignored the feedback. Melissa considered that and then said, I've been giving one of my direct reports the same feedback for two years. She keeps arguing with me and telling me why the feedback is wrong. I'm thinking of her as high-maintenance these days because I keep pounding harder and harder and it still doesn't make any difference. We had identified the first of four ways executives or any employee can be perceived as high maintenance. Ignore feedback. That's number one. I turned the conversation back to Letitia. 
You know, there was another thing Letitia did besides ignoring the feedback that made her even more high-maintenance. Melissa asked what it was. When she didn't get her way, she made people pay. Pay how, Melissa asked. Well, she threw tantrums, but that's only one way to make people pay. There are lots. Oh, don't I know it, Melissa said. We brainstormed a quick list of some ways high-maintenance people can make others pay when they don't get their way. Give people the cold shoulder. Withhold good projects or promotions. Speak badly about people when they're not present. Call people names. Be upset with an outcome and blame your upset on others' performance. We had identified the second of four ways executives or any employee can be perceived as high-maintenance. Make people around you pay an emotional price for not giving you what you want. That is high-maintenance. Make people pay. That's number two. I wondered if and how Melissa made people pay when she didn't get her way or people didn't perform up to her standards. So I asked, When you don't get called out of a meeting the way you want or the template doesn't get used, what do you do? She answered me a little defensively. Well, I let people know when they've missed the target, but I think it's my job to let people know where the target is and whether they've hit it or not. Look, Tom, I know working for me can be tough, so I say thank you all the time. And that was true, she did. Melissa was not ungrateful. I told her she had just identified the third way executives or any employee can be perceived as high maintenance. Be ungrateful. Look, here's the truth. If you have a position with power, some people will feel the need to please you. Don't be ungrateful. And don't imagine that it's their job to keep you happy. It's not. It's your job to keep you happy. So thank them for their efforts. You're the boss. Be grateful. That was number three. By the way, I'll list them all again at the end. Another day, I told Melissa about Dustin. Dustin's need to be inclusive had gotten out of balance. His meetings were bloated with more attendees than were really needed. His emails went to more people than were really needed. There were more meetings, more discussions, more everything than was needed to get the work done. Dustin's personal need for inclusion required that everyone touch the work more often than was needed to get the work done. Melissa exclaimed, Oh my gosh, that sounds like one of my first assistants. She had to touch everything about 20 times before she could just get something done. She was in my office all the time, checking to be sure if things were right. I was always having to hold her hand. We had identified the fourth way executives or any employee can be perceived as high maintenance. Require an abnormally high number of touches before completing task. That is high maintenance. Think about this. We're all living in an age of do more with less and round-the-clock demands. If you are slowing down the work because of your personal need for reassurance or perfection, you're going to be seen as high maintenance. So the four behaviors that can get you labeled as high maintenance are 1. Ignore feedback. Number 2. Make people pay an emotional price for not pleasing you. 3. Be ungrateful. Four, require an abnormally high number of touches to get the work done.
That's the four. But there was one final factor we hadn't discussed yet. One day, Melissa asked, I understand the four factors that make someone high-maintenance, but I don't see myself in them, so why am I considered high-maintenance? Tentatively, I asked, Are you aware of all your preferences? You have preferences about everything from where you sit to how you want data presented to how your tea gets made. Oh, come on, Tom. As hard as I work, I think I'm allowed some preferences. When I didn't answer, she looked a little doubtful and asked, Aren't I? The problem, Melissa, is that to everyone else, your preferences feel like a complex web of rules they have to follow. It's hard for them to figure it all out, so you've gotten labeled high-maintenance. Well, that hardly seems fair, she said. And then she stopped and said, But perception is reality, right? Yep, I said, nodding. What may be perfectly fine at one company or with another boss or another team may be high-maintenance somewhere else. That's the fifth way executives or any employee can be perceived as high-maintenance. Public opinion. If people say you're high-maintenance, you are. Then maybe, she said slowly, this is really a variation of ignoring the feedback. I've heard that people think I'm high-maintenance, but I dismissed it, and I gave myself permission to do what I've always done. She was right. She had heard the feedback, but she hadn't committed to acting on the feedback. So Melissa and I began to work on actions she could take to erase the label of high-maintenance. We came up with four. Rather than the four behaviors I've already mentioned that are ways people can become high-maintenance, the following four actions are ways to stop from being seen as high-maintenance. Action number one, gather good feedback. First and foremost, you need to know if you're considered high-maintenance, and you'll only find it out if you get good feedback. You'll hear more about this in next month's podcast. Action two, be grateful. Recognize that as an executive, people naturally want to please you. They work hard to learn your ways and give you what you want. They're doing their best. No one is trying to annoy you. Say thank you. Action number three. Listen to public opinion. You don't get to decide if you're high-maintenance. If people think you are, you are. Don't dismiss the feedback. Don't excuse your behavior because you're so important or you work so hard. Accept that people's complaints are reality. Action number four, assess your impact on people. No matter what your style, it has consequences, guaranteed. Do you expect others to make you happy? Do your emotions cause fear in others? Do your needs slow the work down? Are your standards realistic? Assess your impact. Figure out if you're making people miserable. Those four actions, gather good feedback, be grateful, listen to public opinion, and assess your impact on people, those four actions will help ensure you don't get perceived as being high-maintenance. 
And of course, being perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived is the very essence of the look and sound of leadership. If managing how you're perceived in the workplace is something that interests you, four other episodes you might listen to are Assertion versus Aggression, Be Impeccable with Your Word, Disagree Agreeably, and Project the Image You Want. Each of those podcasts, and all our others, can be found on the Essential Communications website, EssentialCom.com. That's EssentialCom with two M's dot com. From our homepage, click the navigation button marked Coaching Tips. That'll take you to a free archive of over 100 podcasts. When you're there, you can search the archive by categories that interest you, and one of those categories is Perception, How You're Perceived. There are more than 60 tips in that category to help you be seen the way you want to be seen. From the website, you can also download every tip as a PDF to save for yourself or to forward to others. Our podcasts are also available through iTunes. Just search for The Look and Sound of Leadership. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.